Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Good morning. All right, well, it is a good morning. We're here, right? We're still kicking. Some of us not as high as others, right? Some of us, the... The... Maybe the season of life that we're in sometimes can be a little, a little daunting. But I love where the scripture says, especially in the book of Isaiah, when God says, hey, I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody to do something for me, to be something for me. And Isaiah simply replied, not with a great doctrinal statement or thesis, not with a perfect and correct theology. He just simply said, here am I. Here am I. Turn to your neighbor and say, here I am. (laughs) Here I am. If you're online, say, here I am, right? And sometimes that's the best place to be is just here. Just here in God's presence. Today we are going to uh, continue on going a little deeper with what I started last week. We didn't have quite the time to get too deep into it. So I just kind of introduced that topic of continuing on with the Bible study of crossing over. And I really would like to come to you as more from, from more of the heart of a teacher today than just a preacher. Preachers are, th- th- those are really good motivators and I would love to move you past motivation into proof. Because Andy Andrews, one of my favorite authors, once said, proof is better than motivation. Motivation has its place, and motivation's great, motivation's fine. But how many of you have ever been motivated to do something, and now that exercise equipment is not (laughs) working the way you were motivated for it to work earlier? (laughs) We all have our motivations, We all have our motivations, but what God is looking for is proof. Have y'all ever heard proof is in the pudding? Proof is in the pudding. (laughs) The problem is is we got a whole world that's starving to death. Starving to death that we need. They need something and they're desperately looking for it. I'm just wondering, are they able to find it in you? Are they able to find it in me? Proof. Proof is in our walk. Amen? Proof is in how we walk this faith out. Not just that we say we have faith, but proof is in the action we take, which is in accordance with our faith. So we call this up and over, as we continue that study, up and over in realizing that Joshua had to be called up before he could ever cross over. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read just a couple of verses. Some of y'all, some of y'all look sleepy, some of y'all look tired. 
Some of y'all have had a long few weeks. God knows. God sees. And God, I believe with all of my heart, is wanting to do a work. And the enemy would love to just create such a, an exhaustion in us that we give up on doing what's right. And that's not new to the church. It's not new. That's, that's spiritual warfare. That's not new at all. There's a reason why Apostle Paul said, hey, don't grow weary in well-doing. For there will come a season and there will come a time where everything that you've sown, it will come to fruition. Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. If you got it, say, I got it. Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 through 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan. You and all of this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, so that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you just as I promised Moses. Just as I said to him, Therefore, my covenant is still faithful. My word still stands. My promise is still true. No matter what people have done, no matter what people have not done, no matter the season you're in or the season you wish you would be in, my word remains true. And I'm telling you, it's a new season. It's a new season. And the new season is not to just go simply over and pitch a tent, but the season is now for you to rise up and be who I've called you to be and know who you are in my identity for you so that you have then a foundation to build my promises on once you move into the promised land. It's a mouthful in just two verses. Sometimes God has to call us up before He calls us over. We have to have a change in mindset, a shift in perspective. God's calling us up. I believe right now God is, has allowed the church to shake a bit in general so that that which remains will be faithful and steadfast in the calling He has for them. Let's pray. Father, so many... So many, Lord, are looking up and looking out, just trying to find any sense of hope or peace or joy, any reality to the words that you've spoken in your promises. God, we, we come to you now. We come to you knowing that it's not by might, nor is it by power. It is by your spirit, knowing, Lord, that God, it's, it's high time that we get in tune with what you're doing because it is so easily, this world so easily gets us out of tune. Tune us up, Lord. Tune us up, Lord. Let us hear from you today. Give us this day our daily bread. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you 
Have you ever recognized, been able to recognize somebody just by their walk? Have you ever been even a few hundred yards or maybe a hundred yards off, a few yards off and you can see them a little bit in a distance or a silhouette and you can just see by the way they're walking, you can see, I know who that is. Some of those walks are a stomp more than they are a walk. Some of those walks are a stagger. Some of those walks are a swagger. Some of those walks are a limp, some of those are head up, some of those are head down, some of those are shoulders in, some of those are shoulders out. But I don't know about you, but there is a number of people that I can see from a distance and go, yep, I know exactly who that is. Where we live, we live kind of up on a hill and there's a lot of people that walk almost every day in the neighborhood and um, it is a fun game that we play to look out and see somebody walking from a distance and we try to figure out who that is and there's a few people in the neighborhood I'm not going to say their names I know them in case they were to ever listen but there's a there's one in particular that walks with their feet way out like that and they waddle but God bless their heart they'll waddle for four or five miles and just keep right on waddling <laughs> There are some that have that power walk thing. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I, when I cut my working teeth in the mall, working at Chick-fil-A, we always had the power walkers in the morning. The mall walkers who will walk the mall every morning and they will set their shoes on fire by the way that they're walking because they got that, you know, that, that, that kind of walk like that. And you just know, oh, that's Bob, he's doing his power walk. And uh, what I loved about Bob, who did his power walk like that, I loved him because he would power walk around the mall six or seven times, and he'd always come for an extra large order of biscuits and gravy. I'm like, that is who I'm going to be <laughs> in just a few years. Well, I, I hope. I hope, I really do, that the world can look at us as Christians, as believers, as men and women of faith. I hope they can look at us. And I hope that they can tell by our walk what we believe. I hope they can tell by our walk what what we're hoping for. I hope they can tell by our walk, by just the silhouette of, of us in motion, in moving, whether it's a waddle or whether it's a power walk, because I think there are seasons of both. How I many of you feel like you're waddling right now when maybe just a few years ago you were power walking? I think there's a season for all of that, I really do, but whether it's a waddle or whether it's a power walk, I hope and I pray that the world can look at us and go, I know exactly what they believe. I know where they've put all of their hope. I know who they serve. I, I know where their faith is. 
I know not just that they're a good person. That hopefully is inevitable. We hope it's that way. We hope we're bearing those, those fruits of righteousness and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But it is only, we're only bearing those because of who our roots are dug down in. I talked with somebody not too long ago who is managing a, a, a large store. And he was talking to me about church stuff and, and Christianity and this and the way he was raised and the way I was raised and where we're going with all of this and what, what's God doing in the midst of all of this. And, and he told me, he said, I would love to come to church, but I, I have to work every single Sunday at this certain store, this certain place. And he said, but, but I'm going to be honest with you. He said, now, for my first honesty is this, is that it's an excuse. I get it. I get it. He said, but the second honesty is, is that, he said, I have a harder time working with people on Sunday than any other day of the week. See, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm part of a church, but we haven't been able to go for a couple of years now. But he said, it's worrying me and it's bothering me. It's so much so that if God ever gives me an open door to get back to the church, I'm going to have to figure out how to sit down with the, the board of elders or deacons or whoever it is that's empowered the church and say, what can we do to, to change this? Because the, the ones that gripe the hardest, the ones that are the hardest to please, the ones that, that want something for nothing, the ones that are always coming in begging for stuff... It, they're the people that just left the church an hour ago. Oh, I know. I, guys, listen, it is like 12 kinds of hot outside. How many of y'all ready for fall? I'm ready for frost to be on the pumpkin. Seriously, I am ready. I'm done with the hot weather. I'm, by July 4th, by July 5th, I'm kind of over it. This fat guy likes cooler weather, right? It's just the way I am. And it's 12 kinds of hot out there and going to be for the next few days. But today it may be about 10 and a half kinds of hot in here. Because that bothers me. And he looked at me and said, that, that bothers me. And I had to say, it bothers me too. It, it bothers the mess out of me to know that we have all of this going on the outside. But then whenever we go and we walk, we're... we're we're labeled as that. It bothers me that we're in a season that we're in in this world. And I am seeing more division now in the churches than I saw even 10 years ago. Because this one's mad at this one and that one is more right than this one and this one says, get your shots. And that one says, don't you dare go get your shots. This one says, faith over fear. This one says, have wisdom. This one says, you're not the right thing. We're the real thing. And this one says, we're the real thing. You're the false thing. I've seen more arguing and bickering and fighting in the last few months and maybe a year than I have in previous five and six and seven years from now. It's like the fear that's out there is causing everybody to either fight or fly. 
and they're fighting the wrong thing and they're fighting the wrong one. Trying to figure out what to do in the midst of all of this. Church, do you think maybe it's time for us to rise up above all of that? Okay, there's a few of us here. You think maybe that God is trying to get us to to get past all of that and figure out how to be a beacon of hope in the midst of all of this? Someone who walks out what they believe? A church that's willing to not just stand up, but walk. I think he's calling this church to, to, to let's go for a stroll. Let's go for a walk. Just as he called Joshua. Joshua who was in a shift of life. Joshua who was in a, in a shifting season. Where, isn't it funny how even though they were in the wilderness, they were a bit comfortable in the wilderness. Because you got manna every day. I mean, how, I would be comfortable too if I walked out my door and every day I could scoop up donut holes. That would make me super comfortable. So much so, I'd probably wear stretchy pants every single day. Y'all laugh, but I got some on now. I love these new clothes. Even the new jeans have a little flex to them. Amen? All right, if nothing else, somebody praise God for that. I can still wear a size 30. Now, I may have to get a come along and stretch it. Oh, I praise God for that. I'm still wearing what I wore in high school. <laughs> I'd be comfortable too if, if every time I was thirsty, I'd go to the rock and just, pour, just hold my cup up and let it fill. I'd be comfortable too that if I grabbed and whined hard enough, quail would fall out of the sky and I'd just grab it and fry that bad boy up and be comfortable. Isn't it amazing what we get comfortable with? Isn't it amazing? Joshua, isn't it, is, his season for that's over and he's moving into a different season and the shifting happens because Moses dies. The diplomat goes and the military leader is left. And I said last week what I'll say again is that I think there's a reason for that. That now is not the time in this new season. It's not the time for diplomacy. It's the time for warfare. And I don't mean brother against brother. I mean spiritual warfare. I think now more than ever. We, I said this a year and a half ago, but I said now is not the time to let your faith slip. Now is not the time for you to put your faith on the back burner. Now is not the time where you put toilet paper and canned goods ahead of your faith. Now is the time for you. You better shore that up. You better work in that. And Apostle Paul said it this way. He said it best when he had come to the end of his season. And he looked back over the journey. And he's looking at a young man who was just starting his walk. And he says, I fought my good fight. 
I know what it is to fight. I know what it is to worship when you don't feel like worshiping. I know what it is to praise when you don't always feel like praising. I know what it is to pick up your your Bible and, and keep reading whenever it's easier not to. I know what it is. God says, Joshua, it's your time. You're the you're the fighter. And I need you to step up. I wish that there were some spiritual warriors stepping up. Stepping up their fight. Stepping up their worship. Stepping up their praise. Stepping up their faith. Stepping up their walk. Stepping up. I think God is looking for that right now. And God's looking for that. And I say that not lightly when I say right now. (laughs) Because the putting yourself in Joshua's flip-flops when Joshua's having this conversation in the first chapter. Can you imagine that, 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 that conversation where Moses, your, your leader's gone and now God is looking for a new leader to step up and Joshua feeling like that's probably him because he was one of those that were second in the command and God comes to him and says, okay, The change is here. It's time to do something. And Joshua could have had that big question. Okay, when? When? Here we are on the edge of the promised land. When? When do we do this? When do we strike out? When do we move? When is this new season coming? Because right now the manna is still falling and right now the water is still rolling. Right now, we're still pretty comfortable. When? When is this season coming? Because you know, we, have church, we, we as church people are all really good about saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But how many of us are walking in the it's coming right now? Right? Let me just use an example. How many of you have heard, said, and believe Jesus is coming? Right? And then we go one step further, coming soon, right? And I believe that. He is. So shouldn't we start walking now like He is? We have this, if we're not careful, we have this mentality that says, oh, let's wait. Let's wait till we see the signs approaching even more before we get really serious about our walk. I, have, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Y'all know I don't floss until the night before I go to the dentist. <laughs> I'm serious. I love laying there when I, 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 and I talk to you and they, they're pointing things out and they're doing all of this and they say, hey. So they ask, have you been flossing? And I, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe not every day. But I got in there whenever I need to. Oh, good job. Good job. Thank you. And it's just enough to get by where I can continue to do that next time. 
Oh, I hope they're not watching. <laughs> and then I can just continue to get by and continue to get by. And we've got to be very careful with that. Because pretty soon we're going to be confused about what the season really is. And this Joshua going, okay, Lord, I get it. we got to move on. But, but, but when? But when? When is the season? If we really believe Christ is coming soon, if we really believe that, that, that maybe it could be within our lifetime, if we really believe that, then we also got to have this thought in the back of our head, is God going to move with power in the end? Well, the Bible says in the last days I'll pour out my spirit. And we all know that this is going to end up the way it began. If it began with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, reaching as many as possible, then what's it going to end up like? So then we ask, Lord, when, when, when? And maybe you hear the voice of God say what he said to Joshua. Now. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I don't see now. I, I don't see now. I don't see it now. I, I see confusion. I see, uh, I see frustration. I see people wore out. I see people tired. I see people mad. I see people who don't even know how to identify themselves. I see the world going crazy. I see fear. I see doubt. I see all of this. I don't see now. I don't see now. We find here in Joshua chapter 1 verse, verse 2. My servant's dead. Now. Now. What if God's timing is a little different than our timing? See, I'm trying to get us to realize that just because you don't see it in the, in the natural world out there, just because you don't feel it, that doesn't mean it's not right now. That doesn't mean it's not right now. It's now when God says, it's now. We got a whole lot of people that are trying to figure out what to do and what to believe politically, what to do and what to believe socially, what to do and what to believe religiously, what to do and what to believe even in their own identity. But God is looking for someone to say, God, what are you doing now? What's your Holy Spirit doing now? And if you say now is the time to get moving, then let's get up and begin moving. Let's start doing something. Even if it don't feel like much. Even if you look and say, all I got is a few fish and a few loaves. What would have happened if Jesus said, okay, let's get to feeding these and all we have is a few fish and a few loaves and the boy said, oh, not now. Not now, it's not enough. Not now, it won't work. And what if he would have hid that or took it and ran? What would have happened? Let me tell you what would have happened. Jesus would have moved anyways and the boy would have, left, would have, would have been lost out. He and his family would have not been a part of that. I say that not lightly because when God says now... You have two choices, to either move with that or get left behind. 
And there was a whole generation that got left behind because 40 years earlier, they said not now. Y'all okay? Arise. Now. The New Living Translation says the time has come. The NIV says now then. The ESV says now therefore arise. The Holman Christian Standard says now The message says, let's get going. And the literal translation says, now get up and pass over. It says, no matter which way you look at it, the time is now. But Joshua, but but Lord, not now because the banks are overflowing. Not now. Moses just died. I need to regroup. Not now. Not now, I've got to get my head wrapped around how to do this. Not now, I'm shifting from, from, from military leader to political leader. Not now, give me a time to, 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 to wrap my head around this. Not now. And God went, oh, okay, okay. L- let me wait till you're ready. Right? Turn to your neighbor and say, now. And I wish I could drive that point home even harder. I really do. I wish I could drive home the point, that peg in that hole until you can hold your entire weight on it. Because I'm just the same. I will look at everything that's going on and I will think, God, not now. Now is the time we just kind of coast through and barely make it just kind of hope for the best just hide out in the background or maybe we have to come up before we can go over maybe we have to rise up before we ever cross over If the flood is high and the river is high, then we better get higher. Amen? Now. Now. Rise up and walk. I love when God says rise up and walk. I love that about Joshua. Why do I love that? Because it's like God is saying, hey, hey, Josh, I know you're trying to wrap your head around everything. I get it. So What I'm going to ask you to do is something that you can do and let me handle what you can't. What a word for right now. What a word for right now. Do you think maybe God is telling his people? You do what you can. Let me do what you can't. You walk in faith, I'll part the Red Sea. You, Joshua, you pick up, you have the priest pick up the Ark of the Covenant. You worship, you praise, you obey. I'll stop the Jordan River from flowing. 
And then by the way, when you get to the very first real big obstacle that you're going to face, the first really big challenge that you're going to come up against, I'm going to have you do something really crazy. I'm going to have you walk. Have y'all ever read that and wondered what a military strategy? Joshua, I want you to do what you can. I'll handle what you can't. You walk. And at the moment that I say praise, let it loose. Let it out. Let it blow. Let it go. And watch and see what I can do. I think, I think that God has allowed the church to get into a place where we now are looking around going, what do we do? How do we handle this? Do we yell at people or do we encourage them? Right? Do we correct them or do we pat them on the hiney? What, what do we do right now? Here's what God is saying. You praise, you worship, you disciple, you walk, and you let me do what you can't do. Oh, yeah, but I don't. You praise, you worship, you obey, you walk, and you let me do what only I can do. Oh, yeah, but, but you praise, you worship, you obey, you walk, and you let me do what only I can do. You want me to do it again? Y'all got it? Yeah, but, but Lord, you praise, you worship, you obey, you follow me, you walk, and watch and see what I can do. The key is found in his walk. Right? Joshua, start walking. He didn't, he, he didn't say do something you can't do. He said just start walking. Start doing what you can do. What you've been doing for 40 years, do it again, but do it with a different perspective. Right? What, what you've been doing in life, but it has made you go in circles. I now am causing you to walk at a higher level, at a higher plane, from a different perspective. And keep moving and keep going. Right now, we got to be very careful not being such a Christian baby that when we see the first door slam in our face, we sit down and we pout. Whenever, we, whenever God is saying, hey, if you just keep walking, that next door is going to open up. But it's not going to open up where you're pouting. It's going to open up where you're walking. Where you're going. Get going. We can't wait for everything to be perfect to get going. You can't wait for everything to be perfect to have faith. It doesn't work like that. You got to have faith now so that when you get to where you're going and you see an obstacle, you can trust that God's going to handle what you can't. How do you know that? Because I've been walking with him this whole time. Right step, left step, breathe. Step right, step left, breathe. 
Step right, step left, breathe. Step right, step left, know that He's God. Keep walking, keep going. It's not coincidence, it's one foot, next foot, one foot. Keep walking in Word, keep walking in Spirit. Keep walking in Word, keep walking in Spirit. Keep walking in Word, keep walking in Spirit. I got 30 more minutes. Keep walking in word. Keep walking in spirit. I heard somebody say, I hope he's not going to do that for 30 more minutes. Keep walking in word. Keep walking in spirit. Keep finding that balance between word and spirit. Walking is balance. Walking is balance. God's calling us back to a place of balance when everything else is trying to throw us out of balance. Back to balance. Now, I'm not as nimble as I used to be. I found that out whenever we were playing tag a couple of years ago and I tried to jump over the dining room table and I hung my toe and took a spill. Right knees, not the same. But I can do this. I can walk in faith with word and with spirit. I can take I can do that. Because God's leading me. Walk. Two feet. Moving. Balancing. Going. Doing. Being. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read this real quickly to get you to understand that there are some things that we can do to walk by faith, to walk in the Spirit. When, Joshua, when God tells Joshua, get walking, it just so happens we have in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 8, how to walk. Because I know some of us may be thinking, okay, this sounds good, get going, How? What do I walk in? In what manner do I step? How do I go? What do I do? Romans 8, 1 through 11 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Can somebody say praise God for that? That gives us our heading. You don't know which way to walk until you have a heading. Otherwise, you're wandering. God says, Joshua, I'm giving you a heading. You're not wandering anymore. You're walking in accordance with my promise for you, with my life for you, with hope for you, with faith for you, with love for you. You walk in that direction. No matter what, no matter if you stumble and fall seven times, I'm going to be right there to pick you up. Why? Because you're walking in the heading I'm giving you, and that heading has nothing to do with condemnation. It has everything to do with life and life more abundantly. To those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that, he, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, He condemns sin in the flesh. 
that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And if we stopped right there, we'd be like, "Uh uh-oh. But Paul keeps going and says, but... I mean, you praise God for those and I mean, you praise God for that, right? But you are not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. And I love how it says to your mortal bodies, as in now. Right now. How many of you could use a little life right now? (laughs) Right? Right now. Through his spirit. Who dwells in you. So how do we walk? Four. Four easy ways in how we walk. Number one, we don't walk towards condemnation. We walk towards hope. We walk towards peace. We walk towards grace. We walk towards mercy. We walk towards life. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going. Let's act like it. Let's walk like it. You know what I mean? If you were walking and going towards something you really wanted to go and do, how would you walk? How would you act? If you were about to head towards one of the greatest vacations that you'd ever been on, how would you walk? Oh, man. No, we'd walk excited. We're like, see ya. I'm getting, ba- getting leaving y'all behind. Because I'm going somewhere better. I'm going somewhere where, where I can finally rest for a minute. Although that's not any of my vacations. But if I gave you an all-expense-paid vacation, just pick it and go. Would you walk a little better? Would you walk a little higher? Would you walk a little brighter? Would you walk a little more purposeful? Or would you just drag yourself barely along? Now when you go to the doctor's office, what do you do? You drag yourself along, right? When you go to something and have to do... When you go... To something you really don't want to have to go to. What do you do? 
So why are we dragging? I would say maybe we got our destinations crossed up. Your destination is not to survival in the next day. Your destination is to a place of life that is overflowing. That's why the Apostle Paul, knowing his death was here, he is at the threshold, could look up and say, I'm good. I'm good. We walk towards not condemnation, but towards life. The second one is, is we learn to walk in accordance with. That's what he says, in according to. We've learned to walk according to. We don't walk according to the flesh. We walk according to the Spirit. It's, it's the same concept of um, to walk after or to, to, to act in the same manner of. Here's what I mean. Have you ever seen a kid and you look at that kid and you go, he acts just like his daddy. Right? He acts just like his... <laughs> she acts just like her. Right? And when we get in arguments and fights, we usually pull out the bad stuff. You act just like your... <laughs> right? No, we, we see the mannerisms and we look at them and we go, he, he's living life just the way that... Right? Every time when my boys get really serious and they stick their tongue out doing something, Stephanie goes, that's you. Right? That manner is you. Well, my, my, my question is this. Can somebody look at you and go, you walk just like Jesus. You walk just like Jesus walked. You walked, you walked on, on, on turbulent times with peace. You walked in seasons of, of fighting with love. You walked just like Jesus. In accordance with. You walk just like Jesus. The third thing is you learn to walk in righteousness. It's walking in a new nature. When you walk in righteousness, you walk in a new nature. There, there's a new, new power behind you, a new strength behind you that gives you something you didn't have before. So you, see, Christianity can be faked up to a certain point. Can we be honest today? Christianity can be faked up to a certain point. But there comes a time in which whatever's really on the inside will spill out. Right? If I have a cup of cold water and I walk down the aisle and somebody bumps me, what's going to spill out? But if I got trash in that cup and I get bumped, what's going to come out? Learn to walk in righteousness. It's a new nature. It's, you're being governed by a new law. A new system of laws. Those laws are found in the kingdom of God. 
What's, what is the kingdom of God? What are these laws? What's the nature you walk in? It's very easily found in Romans 5, chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in things of this world, but in righteousness, peace, and joy. Found only in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That should be the manner and the method in which we walk. Last but not least, you set your mind. You set your mind. He talks about being carnally minded versus spiritually minded. Because the battle was here. Joshua's battle was not in the overflowing river. Joshua's battle was not in Jericho. Joshua's real greatest, biggest battle was not in Jericho. The biggest battle Joshua had was right here. That he had to learn to set his mind on a higher perspective if he was ever going to do what God had called him to do. Because it's really easy to be in the influence of the world and you start already thinking like they think. It's called the news. (laughs) It is. They get you to think a certain way. They get you to feel a certain way. They get you to stay afraid. They get you hooked onto them. Hey, listen to us again tomorrow and we'll give you more bad news. And we'll do it. (laughs) We click it on to say, well, how bad is it now? If I can just keep you feed, if I can just keep feeding you, and, and, and you will keep eating it. Why? Because it's spoon fed, and it's easier to be spoon fed, even if the spoon fed stuff is junk that is not going to help us out. We gotta learn to set our mind on things that are above. Philippians says this. Philippians 4, 4 through 9 says, Be cheerful and joyous in celebration in every season of life. Ooh. Let your joy overflow. Let the gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions, or don't get worried about everything. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with an overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends all of our human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real. All that is honorable, all that is admirable, all that's beautiful, all that's respectful, all that's pure and holy, merciful and kind. And if there's anything to think on, fasten your thoughts on them. 
on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me, all that you've seen in my life, that the God of peace would be with you in all things. I wanted to close with an example. I tried to find a good story. They went with those that chose to put their minds on things above and really walk that out. As Apostle Paul says to the church of Philippi, hey, put these things into practice. This stuff you've seen me do, I'm not just doing it because it sounds good. I'm doing it because I've learned to live in a higher way of thinking, a higher plane. I've, heard, I've learned to rise up above. I've learned this. So he says, do what I've done. And then, it makes, and then I wanted to find a good example that, that would maybe go with that. And I looked at a few different spots and I was like, eh, it didn't really work. And then I realized what better example than the very church Apostle Paul is writing to. The church of Philippi. Not chicken pot pie, Philippi. What about the church of Philippi? Let me tell you just a little bit of an example of the church of Philippi. One of the very first churches Apostle Paul set up. It's one of the first churches that he got really going into and getting them to, to believe in what God can do. In fact, it has been said that they were the closest church to Apostle Paul himself. Why? Because we find it in this letter as he writes back to Philippians. And if you ever read Philippians chapter 1, what does he say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting me even though I've gone through some tough times. You realize that he writes, the church, writes this letter to the church of Philippians from a Roman jail? And he says, by the way, thanks for giving me the help that I need. Thanks for, for supplying monetary gifts and other things that I've needed. Thanks for taking on the work of the ministry. Some say that as he would pass out letters, they would take them and go and do something with them. And he's saying, thank you for doing this. Thank you for walking the way that I've asked you to walk. Thank you for doing this. And they were so successful at being the church that 400 years later, they built five more churches in this city. I would like to know that the walk I'm walking now would work 400 years later. And it's a testament to what Apostle Paul said to them. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, he says, I know that I am confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Would you all please stand? Y'all okay if I let you out five minutes early? Might be able to beat the Baptist to a couple of his restaurants.
it, it's not rocket science today. I get that. It's extremely practical. So much so that we might walk out of here going, you didn't really tell me anything new. But what I did do is remind you that this stuff works. This stuff works. That one day when we're laying there and everybody that we know is going to come and say our final say their final respects they're going to look at a body that's going to represent everything that you were about and when they look at that are they going to say i could tell them by their walk that they believed i can tell them by i could tell by their walk I could tell not by their motivation, but by their proof. They were a daughter of the Most High, or they were a son of the Most High. 400 years later, will your influence still be alive? How are you walking? If it's with the limp, it's fine as long as you're still walking in faith. If it's with a waddle, that's okay as long as you're still walking by faith. If it's with a swagger, that's fine just as long as you're walking by faith. How's your walk? How's your walk? Father, I pray, pray, Lord, that proof... Proof in the power of the Holy Spirit. Proof in the power of your word. Proof in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ would begin showing itself to the world around us. God, that you'd use us just as you use Apostle Paul in whatever respect we can be used. That you'd use us in a way where people would see us and they would know that we walk with you by the way we walk, by the way we talk, by the way we act, by the way we love, by what we set our minds on. Father, let us not walk in accordance with the flesh. Because the flesh in me would say, I don't see the Spirit of God moving. But the Spirit in me says, now is the time. Now, rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up and be the move you're looking for. Rise up and be the revival you're praying for. Rise up and start reaching people. Rise up and start speaking truth. Rise up. Start praying in the Spirit. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Father, I pray. I pray that we do this in accordance with your will. For your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up.
<laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.